Hello and welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manuel Galarza. And this is episode three. And today's episode, we're going to be discussing our picks and predictions for the Font vs. Garbrand UFC Vegas 27 fight coming up this weekend. That's being held in Vegas, of course. A um, little detail here about the start time. This is going to be an early one. They're going to be starting the prelims at 4 o'clock p.m. So for those out there like me who do not like to wait the full day to, um, you know, see the UFC events. This is kind of a nice uh, afternoon start time. So four o'clock start. We're going to go over the full card here in today's episode. And we're going to try to make the prelim pretty brief and then spend a little more time here going into detail on the main card. And, um, and hopefully that's going to help you guys uh, bring home as many winning slips as possible this weekend. We did okay last week, but there's always room for improvement, right? Let's start off here with the first fight of the night, Ismagulov versus Alves. I'd say Ismagulov is a big favorite here, minus 560, and Alves is a big underdog at plus 400. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm on Alves here. Um, I, I know it's a little bit crazy, but from what I've seen of Alves, I think he has a path to victory. Uh, I think he can get a submission here. I think that Ismagulov is a, a very good fighter, you know, um, but they're both coming in here on a five-fight, you know, streak here you know well i think is mogulov has actually won a few more than five in a row but they're both five and oh in the last five fights uh alves his last fight against flores who flores is a decent fighter um alves looked good you know he went ahead and got a nice guillotine choke i just i see it i see there's a chance here for an upset and you know mathematically why would you want to bet 560 dollars to win 100 dollars? that negative 560 is just way too much I think you could have some fun here, start the night off with a bang, put a small little sprinkle here on Alves, and just enjoy the fight, right? Um, you know, as for parlay pieces, I don't like Ismagulov for a parlay piece either. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I would not want to see my parlay fall apart over a negative 560 piece, right? No, no thank you. So, all right, again, the pick there is Alves at plus 400. That's our first dog of the night. Let's move on to the next fight. That's uh, Medeiros versus Hatsevic. Okay, so um, this matchup right here is almost a pick 'em. You know, uh, Medeiros is a slight favorite here. Uh, I'm sorry, Medeiros has actually now become a dog. He's at plus 105, so that means you've got uh, Hatsevic as the as the fight slight favorite. Well, I'm on I'm on Medeiros. Um, I think that he has he has the better tools here um, to win the fight. Um, I think that he's fought also, fought also some better competition. Okay, so you know what I saw from Hatsevic on his uh, on his film, it just wasn't great. You know he you know he just didn't have great ground game, didn't have good submission defense. You know just didn't show me uh, very much. Now he is a slight favorite here at minus twenty nine, oh, minus one twenty nine right now. Uh, but I'm on Medeiros, um, and so I guess at plus one hundred five, that's the second dog of the night that I'm on right now. Let's go ahead and move on up to Kulabo versus Shaw. Okay, so this right here, um, Kulabo's minus 250 favorite. Okay, and Shaw is plus, plus 195 here as the underdog. I think clearly Kulabo is the better fighter. Um, you can look at some film. It kind of pops out to you that uh, Kulabo is the better fighter. Now, you know, is he perfect? Does he you know, do everything you know perfect? No, he makes some mistakes. Um, but when it comes to Shaw, 
this is an example of those, you know, Far East Chinese fighters that the UFC is trying to kind of, you know, integrate into the system. And we saw what happened there a few events ago in Florida where they had like three Chinese fighters or, or three Far Eastern fighters on the card and all three of them lost, right? So that didn't work out very well. So, you know, until I see more from the fighters in the Far East, uh, I'm going to go here with Colabo. Um, I think at minus 250, you start talking about it being too much, right? So I like Colabo as a parlay piece. I do not like it as a straight-up bet. Okay, so let's move on here to Silva and Rodriguez, okay? Um, I'll tell you what. Looking at Rodriguez was not I was not impressed. Now, granted, it was versus Yanez, and I think anybody can look bad against Yanez, right? But when you look at that fight, it, what it what it kind of does for you is it establishes that Rodriguez is simply, you know, he's a full scale or full level below that top level fighter um, in that division. So, you know, we know that going in. Now, is Silva an elite guy? Is he at the top level? No, probably not. But I think he's a little better than Rodriguez. Um, you know, Silva has, you know, gas tank issues at times. Like he'll have a he'll have a real dip in his cardio, um, but then he'll rebound a little bit. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you though, in terms of who you're picking, who you're betting here. You're you're probably going to look at whether it's going to be the over. Yeah, maybe the over here goes a distance, something like that, because. At minus 345, I don't want no part to that. You know, Silva's going to win the fight, probably. That's why I'm picking to win. But, you know, $345 to make 100 don't love it. And, and for, for, for us over here, kind of a rule of thumb is, you know, once you get to that negative 300, that's like the threshold. You know, that's where it's like the no-no territory. You don't want it for an individual bet, and you don't want it for a parlay piece now. Look, can you do it? Do people do it? Does it work for them? Yes. Yes, it can be done. But I could tell you too many stories where I had like a parlay bet, you know, and this was the one that had the, you know, the, the least value of that bet. Like didn't even need this piece basically to have a good winner. And, you know, something with like negative 345 crushes my parlay. So the long and short of it is we've got Silva. I'm on Silva. Um, but just don't really see how you can bet that fight quite yet all right silver versus mcgee is the next fight in the prelim and once again on silver this is a pick em here according to the odds so like negative 118 negative 107 it's a pick em. um but here's the thing silver's coming in here four and one in his last five fights right listen to this here he's four and one right i want to make sure i'm giving you the right silver because um if you're jumping into the show right now i just don't want to confuse you but Claudio Silva versus Court McGee. Okay. Claudio Silva is four and one in his last five fights. Court McGee is one and six in his last seven fights. Right. Granted, maybe he was fighting Goliath, right? <laughs> in those last seven fights. But here's the point. I mean, losing is, you know, losing can become a habit, right? You know, here we got a guy who's one and six in his last seven fights. I'm not putting money behind that guy. Um, like, unless he's fighting, like, you know, my sister, then I'm not betting on that guy. So th that's just for me right there. I mean, I can get all into the film review. The film review also suggests to me that Silva is also going to win the fight. 
you know, Silva's fought some pretty decent guys. Um, but the weird thing is, I'm going to tell you, and I'm just going to just going to say it bluntly, a lot of the handicappers that I love and respect and enjoy their content, they're on McGee. So that's kind of weird. Uh, and I, I'm just trying to look into it. I'm trying to figure out where the angle is. Um, like the Brady fight. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'll talk about this for a second. Let me just get this off my chest. So he, he fights Brady, and man, Brady looked gas at the end of the fight, right? He just didn't look good. And so I started to look closer at Brady, and I, I have I – have, here's my hot take for the day. Sean Brady's not that good. Okay, I said it. <laughs> Sean Brady, maybe you're going to hear it here first, is not that good. He's a contender, yep. But he is not everything that he's cracked up to be. And trust me, I, I was kind of on that Brady bandwagon a little bit. But sometimes it takes something like this, where you look at a guy like McGee, and like McGee is a journeyman, right? Like he's he's like becoming this like journeyman type of guy. And he's great at this. Like he's like the prototypical gatekeeper. He's good at his job. You know, he's going to give you like three rounds, right? It's just... And that's what he did with Brady. And then Brady just kind of got look oh, suspect anyway. Anyway, McGee is a decision machine. Like whether he loses the decision or whether he wins the decision. Um, that's just kind of how this guy rolls, right? And, and he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude, you know. But I don't see the victory here over Silva. Um, this is a pick em fight. And so, you know, either way, you're going to get some good value here on your bet, which is nice. Um, I like Silva. I like him as a in a, in a parlay piece, um, you know. And I just want to say, I guess another thing I really don't I don't like about McGee, right? And I'm not talking about him personally. Sounds like a nice guy from all reports, but he is like a passive fighter. Like you're never gonna see this guy like, you know, go balls to the wall against anybody. Um, doesn't mean he can't beat people. I mean, the guy, listen, he's got decision losses against Brady, Strickland, Lima, and Saunders. Like, he's fought some dudes, okay? But um, he's, yeah, I think Silva's coming in 4-1. and one, Got a little momentum. He's going to go ahead and move to, you know, 5-1 and one in his last six fights. And he's going to go ahead and maybe grab a decision over McGee. Okay, let's move into probably one of the least entertaining fights of the night. Well, it depends on what you like. If you like... Big, out of shape. <laughs> I want to emphasize out of shape. Big heavyweights. Uh, you got what you want. Okay. Rothwell versus Barnett. And I could crack jokes here and talk about this for a long time. And maybe I should do like an extended show on just the Rothwell and Barnett fight and all the different things going on here. Uh, let me just hit some bullet points. You know, I remember back in the day, I'm sure you do, when UFC used to put events on like oh, maybe once every... Uh, you know, I felt like it was two, 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 three times a year there would be a UFC event, right? Like, that's what I remember in my head, but that's then again before I was a fan. So clearly, you know, I could be off. And then they were happening more often. And then you'd have, like, the, you know, the fight night or Vegas and, like, you know, like pay-per-view. And so, like, you know, about three years ago, I'm, three, four years ago, I started really, you know, becoming a fan. Now they have this stuff on, like, every weekend. And it's great. I love it. It's like NFL football expanding to like several days a week. I'm like, bring more of it. The more the merrier. I can't get enough. Okay. So, but isn't there a consequence of this? <laughs> I think you know where I'm getting at here. I think you know what the point is. There have now been some really bad fights. There have been some bad fighters. There's been some, 
here goes one of them. You know, Barnett has no business in the UFC. Um, I tell you, if you're like a big guy, like let's say you're six four, six five, former basketball, football player, and you maybe want to d- dabble in another career, j- just go start fighting heavyweight MMA, and you'll probably get a UFC contract. <laughs> I'm serious because how in the world Barnett is in here fighting this fight is is beside me. Um, so yeah, he's probably going to lose, and Rothwell's going to win, and it's going to be a really boring. 15-minute heavyweight fight where neither guy is able to knock each other out. Maybe Rothwell, like, (laughs) collapses somehow and trips, falls on top of Barnett, and then Barnett, like, has a mild, like, stroke and just gasses out and just, I don't know, something weird. Okay, something weird might happen here. From a betting standpoint, oh, my Lord. I think all you do is take something wild and sprinkle it to have fun. Like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sprinkle some kind of, like, a, I don't know, KO, submission, disqualification, something like that uh, for Barnett, and maybe do the same thing on Rothwell. You know, kind of hedge it, go both ways, right? I'm not putting negative 335 money <laughs> on Rothwell, and Barnett pretty much has no way to win. So that would be the, you know, a dog that would be a waste of money. So I just wasted all this time talking about this fight, but I think you get the point here. Uh, with all the in, in, With all the increases in UFC events, and I do enjoy it, this is one of the minor consequences, and um, eh, eh, you take what you can get, right? It's kind of like watching the Cleveland Browns a few years ago before they were good on like a Thursday night game. It happens. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the last event or last fight here of the prelims. That's Aljo versus Ramos. Uh, you know this um, this fight's just about a pickup. Aljo here is a slight favorite. Okay, um, he's coming in here with some momentum. He's definitely got a strong fan base. Um, so Bill Aljo's coming in here 14 and five, and Ricardo Ramos is uh, 14 and three. Um, their last five fights, they're both three and two. Okay, so they've both suffered two losses recently, and um, you know sometimes it's not a bad thing, right? Sometimes you gotta get you know suffer a loss to kind of wake you up a little bit. So in terms of these fighters. You know, I want to just touch upon some things here with with Aljo. You know, um, like he's gotten he's had, this this fight against Lamas is the one I really want to touch base touch base on real quick. Like he needs La, he need Lamas in the face, like literally in the face, like really big blow. He had him hurt, but like he didn't he couldn't like finish him, and that's like a big issue for me. I talked about this last week with with, um, with Chandler. I like Chandler. Um, this guy's like elite. Chandler's elite, so I'm not, you know, I'm just being picky here with what about his game could be better. He had, um, he had Oliveira kind of dead, right? Like dead on the ground, like flopping around like a fish. He was dead and just couldn't figure out how to finish it. Um, that is the sign of something that you got to be careful of because that's like that killer instinct. That's the ability to finish, right? People use that term all the time, like, oh, he's a good finisher. Like, no, no, only some guys are really good finishers, and other guys are like, Decision monsters, like I was just talking about McGee. You know, he's a decision guy. You know, some guys are finishers. So, Aljo's not a finisher. Okay, so he just boom. That doesn't. He doesn't have that ability. And so now we start talking about well, it's going to go the distance. You know, that's that's where he kind of works, right? And Ramos is a pretty busy fighter. He's got a lot of tools. You know, um, Aljo's ground game. Don't love it. Um, I mean, when Aljo fought, you know, like if you look at the last few fights that he fought. You know, just look, there's a lot of moments where he's just underwhelming, 
you know, doesn't have that killer instinct. I know some people are on him. You know, he is a slight favorite at minus 125 right now. And look, it, there's 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 some reasons why you can go with him. Maybe I'm just being a little jaded here. Um, you know, Ramos is a tough dude. He's a tough dude. Um, you know, I I, I mean, I, I just feel like you know he's he's got some more tools. His leg kicking game is decent. Um, you know, I see some opportunities here for him. And now that he's plus 100, um, psh, let's do it, man. I'm going on Ramos here. That's going to be the uh, Ramos. Is the third dog of the night? Yeah, third dog. We're going so far. We're going with Ramos. We're going with um, uh, Maderos and uh, with Alves. Okay, that gets us out of the prelim. Let's go ahead and move on here to the uh, main card, and we'll try to keep this as concise as possible um, without skipping over anything that's important. All right, first card of the main or first fight of the main card is Hermanson versus Shabazian. Let me just make this short and sweet. Um, Hermanson's a slight favorite, minus 162. Shabazian's 130. Hermanson's coming in here three and two in his last five fights. Shabazian's coming in four and one in his last five fights, so he's kind of on a little bit of a roll. According to the handicapper community, um, you know, pretty much nine out of ten people are on Hermanson, right? And for the same reasons that I'm also on Hermanson. It's experience. Um, Hermanson's been in there with some really good fighters, you know, notably recently with, you know, Vittori went to decision. Um, that's that's interesting to understand from the standpoint, you know, Vittori has also gone to decisions recently too, but Hermanson's got good cardio. Okay, so it's nice when you're going to wager on, a, on an athlete that at least you know is not going to just run out of gas, right, and, and prepare for a two-round fight instead of a three-round fight. Hermanson's going to give you some good energy through that final bell. Okay, so I do like that a lot about him. I also like the experience standpoint. You know, like heel hook win over, you know, Gaslam. Um, you know that that decision loss to you know the Tory. Um, yeah, man, the guy's got some good experience under his belt. He, you know, he knows how to trade some punches. He could take a punch. You know, um, as for Shabazian, I think you know this guy's being put in a position to fight somebody maybe at a level that he's not ready for. Um, so Sh Shabazian is kind of like, you know, kind of coming up here, and he fought Brunson, and that was his first loss, and that kind of gave you the first tip, like, okay, you know, all right, let's, you know, let's get realistic here. But this fight almost seems like a little bit too much for him. Uh, I'm surprised that he's only a 130 underdog here, or only a one plus 130 as a dog. But you know, I mean, then again, Hermanson, who who knows? I, I'm going with Hermanson. I, I think that he's the He's the better fighter in this fight. Maybe in two, three years from now, it could be different. Um, but for this weekend, I think Hermanson gets a decision, to be specific. All right, let's move on to Dvorak versus Piva or Piava, however you want to pronounce that there. And um, so with this fight right here, like I watched Dvorak's film, and he's impressive. This guy's a worker, really good fighter. Um, you know, he comes from, he's coming from an overseas. Uh, promotion and you know that's I, I don't want to take any shots you know he's coming from overseas promotion and anytime you have a guy like he's coming from Czech Republic you just got to wonder like some of those earlier fights you know you start looking at some of those guys and you know these these records from these overseas fighters and I'm not saying that there's no overseas promotions that are good I'm just saying like you got to put this record in perspective that maybe that you know 19 and 3 you know some of that may not be um, quality wins right you know, so there's that to consider. Um, now, Pav, 
Pava, Piava, however you want to pronounce it. He's one of my most, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him fight. Okay, I'm really interested in this fight. 25 years old, so like the dude is young. And so this will be good. You know, usually, you know, with that kind of age situation, he's two and two in his last two fights. But that, you know, with that age, he's probably making some big improvements, you know, figuring out, is this the career for me? Um, you know, he's got the youth, which is, is nice from the standpoint that he's young and, you know, what's that phrase? He's full of piss and vinegar, right? He's just, he's, you know, fearing nothing. Um, and that's kind of nice, right? You're young, you know, you're not scared of nothing. So, you know, he's got that flavor to him, a young guy. And, you know, he's fought some decent people, you know, nothing too crazy. But I, I like, I like Pava here. He's a plus 120 underdog. You know, he's 20 and 3, 3 and 2 in his last five fights. You know, th this is going to be good. Um, I say this, look, if if you put a bet on Pava here, he's plus 120, and he loses, <clears throat> I think he's going to give you three good rounds. You know, and so from that standpoint, you know, I think you're going to be happy with the bet. Um, and look, Dvorak's coming over again. I think he's got to prove himself still. I think he's got some, some proving to do. So we'll see what happens here. But um, I'm on Pava. All right, let's move on here to, is this the first women's uh, fight of the year? Yeah, it is. It is. All right, so the first of two women's fights in the card is Spencer versus Dumont. Okay, now <clears throat> this is where, these are the last four card, the last four fights in the card. So Spencer Dumont, Tafa, Madera, Yana, Esparza, and Font Garbrandt. I spent the bulk of my time researching these fights, um, watching the film on these fights. And so we're talking, you know, several fights on each of these uh, fighters, you know, history. And I'll tell you, when it comes to Felicia Spencer, um, this girl has a heck of a chin. All right. So you're just not going to knock her out. Okay. If you, you look at some of the girls that Felicia has fought, she's fought in some really good competition. Um, and they really couldn't finish her. Like, I mean, they hurt her. I mean, she's been in there with, you know, some really, really tough fighters, you know, but they couldn't really figure out a way to, you know, to finish her. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is, you know, she, she's got a chin. Um, she could take a, she could take a lot of punishment. Um, she's been in there with some tough fighters like Nunez and Cyborg, you know, so there's that piece and that's important to consider, you know, so if you're thinking like, oh, maybe Dumas can knock her out. It's going to be tough. It's not easy to do. Um, but some people like Dumont's power, and they'll comment on that being a path to victory for Dumont. You know, Dumont's got a slight height advantage. And Dumont, she's a she's a thick girl. Like, I'm not saying she's fat, but she's strong. You know, she's not a skinny person. And uh, so, you know, she'll be looking to crack Spencer. And she's young, and, you know, she's, she's trying to prove herself, too. So, so I'm on Dumont, right? But I think it's more because she's an underdog. Right, so just I'm, I'm there's a lot of dogs in this card that I'm I'm obviously leaning towards, but you know, if you're looking at this from simply a return perspective, you know, I want to get as much back for every dollar I'm putting out there on this card. You know, over time, if you're just betting favorites, you know, or betting a lot of favorites, or even parlaying a lot of favorites, you're gonna be up against it. You're going to get jammed up. It's not going to work out the way you, you want. Um, I have a, a lot of friends who casually will, will, will wager on events, and that tends to be their biggest mistake is 
you know, taking the, I don't know, when the Bills are playing, I don't know, some bad team and they're just taking the Bills and the Bills are like minus 400. It's like, don't, you know, don't do that. Anything can happen and that's a lot of money to win, you know, a small amount of money. So in, in this situation here, um, could Spencer win a decision? Yeah, that would be like pretty much, I think, her only path to victory. Spencer's not a very good puncher. And yeah, Spencer has like no power in her punches. It's kind of weird, right? So she could take hits, like she could take a bunch of heavy hits, but she can't punch like she, she punches very soft. So her path to victory would be a decision. But I think Dumont, like it's it's Dumont's time. I think, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, Dumont, there's so many comments. People will comment on her, on her butt. <laughs> she, she's got a nice, she's got a nice derriere, right? Uh, let's just put it out there. And, you know, these new, um, venom shorts they're like you know yoga shorts or something like that not yoga pants but yoga shorts right so she's gonna have her trunk out there and you know who knows maybe one of the judges is just a fan of her her butt it just gives her the, the rub just because of that so it's women's mma so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that that also it's women's mma mma so if you're gonna just do something with women's mma just take down a dog right just have some fun with it so all right, let's move on to the second heavyweight fight of the night. That's Tafa and Vendera. Wow, you're talking about <coughs> a fight that I do not uh, have a great read on. Mm, this one right here, because you know Tafa's minus one ninety, and Vendera's you know plus one fifty. So you know, like initially you think, you know, Ta see, look, let me tell you this: Tafa is only four and two. Like he's only fought six fights. Okay, so like six total fights, right? And he's lost two of his last five, right? So, and one of them, like he got knocked out, man. Oof, it was ugly, you know? Um, yeah, it was against DeCastro. DeCastro just caught him with a straight right, kind of glanced off of the front of his face and came down. But, you know, those knockouts are always scary because you're like, oh boy, you know, wh what can this guy do? But like the thing is, when Darren is like, oh my God, he's he's... He's just not great, um, you know, so he's kind of like uh, underwhelming as well, you know. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just it's it's one of those fights where, uh, man, you know, I think I thought initially I was on top of right. But, you know what I'm going to do? Here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to. You know, I guess Tafa's gonna win this fight, right? I mean, it's just it's just really really tough to say you want to put money. It's negative one ninety. Like, you know, does he win? You know, two to one here. Like, I don't know. That's the case. Um, you know, I, I gotta say this. I think that the lack of experience in that knockout is 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 an issue, and and I just love dogs so. I'm doing it again. Um, I'm changing actually my notes here because initially I was on, uh, I was on Tafa, but yeah, you know, like there's something there. There's something not, something not great there with Tafa. Um, I just I've seen some things with him. Um, you know, you know what really concerns me. Here's what really concerns me. I haven't seen anything that like pops out to me that he's like, oh man, you know, I'm a UFC level fighter. I'm I'm a heavyweight, you know, I'm a, I'm a big time contender. And so like now at this point, you're probably wondering why well, I haven't even talked about Vendera, right? I don't really have to 
because of the numbers. So Vendera is plus 150. That from the rip is already to me attractive. So we're going to talk more about that in future episodes, like the, the betting strategy here in terms of how do we make sure we're getting the biggest return possible. And again, I mentioned earlier, like if you stay on those favorites, it's just that the returns are not there. So if you want to say dog or pass in this in this particular pick, that's a good way to go. Um, and if you just want to say, listen, I'm not going to bet a full unit. Um, I'm going to bet a quarter of a unit. I'm going to, you know, not parlaying. I don't like that. Not not with the plus 150 with a guy who I don't, you know, I'm not really even sure that he's he can win this fight. But I'm sure Tafa can lose. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on here. We're going with Vendera there for the heavyweight fight. Um, and I would say as a prop, if you're going to look at a prop there, that that's going to get, that's not going to go the distance. I think that fight is going to go, someone's going to get knocked out. <coughs> so it should be the under there. Um, let's move on to the co-main event. We've got um, Jan versus Esparza. Okay, so that is... I'm not going to try to pronounce Jan's first name. She's Chinese. And Carla Esparza. Carla is a household name. Um, she's fought in some wars. Um, she's fought some very good fighters. Um, you know, she's um, she's very accomplished. She's very well respected. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things you could talk about uh, when it comes to Esparza. Um, you know, in, in terms of Jan, you know, you always got to be worried. Again, these, you know, Far East fighters. Um, you're just not really sure about them, and but with her, there is the difference is that she has fought like some Americans, and and goes back, goes back a while now. So we're talking like 2019, she fought Angela Hill. Um, if you look at that fight only, you're like, oh my gosh, Jan's gonna kick Carla's butt, right? It's just one fight. Angela Hill is like, yeah, I don't know. Some days she's just not into it, right? But if you look at that fight, Jan just like bullied her. <laughs> like she bullied Hill and if you're thinking like really Angela Hill like yeah like she bullied her um, and it was interesting you just like I don't feel like I, I expect that from the Far Eastern fighters I don't know what I expect I, I have some kind of weird bias right against them and I'm talking bias strictly on their MMA ability so not in any kind of racial way but so like that was a good fight to look at and I was impressed with that you know um, and then like she had a nice jab against Gadella, like it's like all right here we go like asian fighter women fighter she has a nice jab so the whole thing about like far east fighters don't back them she's negative 125 she's a slight favorite she's five and on her last five fights Esparza is coming in four and one in her last five fights you know Esparza is 17 and six in her career Jan is 13 and one so you know does does Jan have a few wins on on her record that are probably like you know BS type of wins against you know fighters of very low level. Yes, yes. But we know from the recent history that she can hang with the UFC girls, right? We know that. We can see that. So I'm going to tell you what's going on with this one here. I'm, I'm going for sure to be placing wagers on Jan straight up. But I'm going to have Jan in a handful of parlays. And I already do. Um, so, yeah. I like Jan a lot. Probably one of my more... Yeah, one of my strongest picks of the night um, is Jan. I like her to win this fight here. And I like it to be a decision. I think she's going to beat up Carla's face. Carla has, um, it, you know, it sucks, just genetic. But when she gets hit in the face, she just swells up quite a bit. And, it, you know, the fight, you know, the judges see it. They can see the damage. And, uh, you know, 
I gave a whole speech last week about the guys with the bad haircuts getting hit in the face and then their hair shakes. Well, this kind of goes into that same thing, but there's not much you can do about it, right? You get cut, you get swollen face. Now it becomes an issue where the referees think maybe you're get, you're getting hit more or getting hit harder just because your your skin is thinner and your skin puffs up more, whatever. So that could be a factor here. If we get to like a closer fight or decision and uh, as far as is showing more damage on her face, that could bode well for Jan too. So, all right, let's go right here to the main event. And we have in the main event, our guy here, Mr. Robert Font versus Cody Garbrandt. All right, let me get here some deep, 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 deep knowledge for you here on what's going on. I'm going to start here with Garbrandt, okay? So he, he's been defeated by a TKO, TKO loss, right, in, in three of his last four fights, right? Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, that right there was such a big flag for me. Like, literally a TKO loss in three of his last four fights. Like, man, man, like... This is like that Sosa conversation I was having last week with you guys. And it's like the the Ferguson situation. You know, you know, if you just looked at these situations strictly from a number standpoint, like no emotional attachment, like did not think about Garbrandt. Like it's hard to do that because we're supposed to be fans. And like, you know, we fall in love with their stories. We fall in love with their whole like everything, you know. These guys got histories, you know, there's guys with like, you know, drug abuse problems in the past or look at Francis Ngannou. I think I showed videos of his interviews and stuff to like my entire family. I was just fascinated. Like this guy's like swimming, like crossing borders and living in garages and like homeless, but he's trying to fight, you know? So like these stories, they, they pull you in. I'm a victim of it too. I, I get into looking at these stories. I, I start watching Garbrandt fights. Like you go start watching Garbrandt fight, and you're like, you just want to root for this guy. <laughs> you know, he's you want to root for him, man. You, you know, he's just that kind of guy. He's like, kind of comes off as very gritty and you know, like very just American. You know, an American in a good way. Um, so, so okay, putting that in perspective, you know, I looked at about five of his fights, like recent history, just really look deep at these fights, every single round, every single minute of the fight. And like, let's go back to the Dillashaw fight. That that was a while ago, but I think that's when we can start to see where really the biggest area of concern would be if you're a Garbrandt guy. You know, he, he did it, he traded with Dillashaw. I mean, he hurt Dillashaw, so there's no question. If you're a Garbrandt guy, you're like, well, wait a second, hey man, he, he hurt Dillashaw. He did, he did, uh, legit. But the result was the result. Like, like, he got knocked out, TKO loss, however you put it, two times against Dillashaw. And the second one was worse because it happened quicker, right? So, you know, after I watched that, I'm like, okay, you know, I moved on to, like, the, the Munoz fight, you know. Um, and, like, it's interesting because Robert Font and Garbrandt both lost to Munoz, you know. Um, but, like, Munoz choked him out, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Munoz choked out Font, you know. And then he finished Garbrandt in round one. So, like, Munoz is like, yeah, guys, hold my beer. I'm just a level above you both, right? Which is probably true. So, but, again, like, there's, you know, there he is again getting finished, you know. Um, so, moving on to, like, the uh, Asunkov. Oh, God, I can't even say this guy's name. Asunko, Asunchao, that fight. All right, so Garbrandt finds Asunchao in June of 2020. 
and Garbrandt just destroys the dude. Like, you know, hits him with a with a right hook and just destroys him. And he shows you, like, hey, man, I got power still in my hands. And he does because that is Garbrandt's, of all the tools in his shed, this is the one that's elite. This is the tool that keeps him at the top level of this game. This is why you bet on him because he could finish anybody with a, with a punch. Um, and this is why people like him, you know, um, because he's exciting. He's also a guy... He will trade with you, right? He will get in there, first round, second round, doesn't matter what part of the fight it is. He's willing to exchange punches with you. He's willing to take a risk, and people love that. Look at the people who were cheering last week for Ferguson in Texas. They freaking love the guy. And they don't love him because he's in there getting decisions. They love him because he's in there getting his ass either beat or he's delivering a butt kicking, right? So, okay, so, you know, you kind of look at, at this guy Garbrandt and you know you see that he's like you know he's you know he's a tough guy he's you know he's fighting doesn't back down um so that's like that's where Garbrandt's at right so I'm, I'm gonna move on to Font here before I kind of give you my my final summary now with Font like he's coming in here four and one in his last five fights you know he's 18 and four overall and again this is a pick em. this is like right even Vegas has him negative 110 both right so Whichever guy wins, if you're betting on him, you know, you're making the same amount of money, right? So, um, Font's coming in here in a three-fight winning streak, all right? Um, it includes a win over Sergio Pettis, which at the time, that was like, okay, oh, Sergio Pettis, you know. Now it looks pretty pretty good. Sergio Pettis is uh, whatever, uh, but um, Bellator champion in his division, I think, right now. He also beats Ricky Simone and Marlon. Marias. Now, Ricky Simone and Marlon Marias are not like the top of the shelf of the division, but they're no chumps. So Font just comes off of these three guys. And let me tell you something. He beat those three, right, in a row. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Garbrandt fought those three guys in a row, Garbrandt would have lost one of those fights. That's for sure. That's what I'm talking about here and where I see the differences with these two guys right now. I think Garbrandt is good. But I don't see Garbrandt going on any kind of winning streaks anytime soon. His chin is going to cost him every other fight or two. That's just how he's built right now. Okay, but let me keep going on Font. Um, you know, let me see here. His uh, well, listen. Before I even get into to more to more on Font, okay, Font has good durability. Um, you know, he he's got a hard punching power right so like if these guys get to a point where they're going to be trading in the middle of the ring you know this is just like a math thing all right if it takes five punches to like five medium to hard punches to put garbrandt on the mat all right that's like his threshold how many he can take before he's falling down i'm going to say it takes 10 to do that to fine okay that's the difference i think in the chin so it's like double the durability level is, 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 is in half for Garbrandt. So it could be first round. Like, it could be any point. They get to the middle of the ring, and Garbrandt starts trading. And, oh, no, Garbrandt, like, lands a punch and thinks, oh, good. I, you feel that pop in your hand, so you know I've landed a good punch. He thinks, let me swing. I mean, you look at his past fights. He does this. He gets excited. He starts swinging wild. Um... And it's just like, hey, it's 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 warrior style fighting. It's it's to be commended, um, but there's a short lifespan for that kind of fighting. Um, 
yeah, the shelf life is not very long. And with Garbrandt, you know, not only is his career going to be shorter because of this fighting style, um, he's not going to win this fight because of it. I, I think that Font is, his chin is just too much, so he's not going to get seriously hurt, and he's going to crack Garbrandt. And the fight is not going to go the distance. This is a five-round fight, so <clears throat> excuse me. Let me take a quick drink here. So, yeah, I think this fight... Um, does not go the distance and I'm on font so let me just do a quick review here of uh, our picks for the entire card um, and as I'm doing those picks I'll go ahead and try to hit the which ones are the dogs of the night okay so we'll start off with the prelims we're going with Alves that's our first dog of the night at plus 400 Alves over Ismagulov in the second fight of the night we're going with Medeiros over Hatsovic, and that is also our second dog of the night at plus 105. Third fight, we're going to go with Kulabo over Shaw, and Kulabo is the favorite at minus 250. Next fight on the card is Silva and Rodriguez. We're going to go with Silva at minus 345. Next fight is Silva and McGee, and that is a pick'em. We're going to go with Silva in that fight. Next fight is a heavyweight bout between Rothwell and Barnett, and we're going to go with Rothwell in that fight. Last fight of the prelim is Aljo and Ramos. We're going to go with Ramos to win that fight. First fight of the main card, Hermanson and Shabazian. We're going with Hermanson. Next fight is Dvorak and Pava. Piava? I keep saying that wrong. Excuse me. We're going with Pava. Pava over Dvorak in that fight. Next fight of the night is Spencer and Dumont. That is our first women's fight, and that's the main card fight there, Spencer and uh, Dumont. We're going to go with Dumont to win. That's also another dog at plus 150, and so is Pava at plus 120. Heavyweight fight, the next one is Tafa and Vendera. We're going to go with Vendera to win that fight, and that is another dog at plus 150. The next women's fight, Jan versus Sparza. We're going to go with Jan at negative 125 favorite to win that fight and of course the main card which we just reviewed font and he's a pick him there we're going to take font over garbrandt so there's our full card there's our wrap up um what we think is going to happen and who we think is going to win you know you could dig a little deeper here to find some some good prop activity um and i think what we're going to probably have to do is maybe have a separate show on uh, on looking at the prop bets because um it takes a while just to get through the basic predictions of who we think is going to win or lose, right? So um, before I get out of here, before we wrap up this episode, and again, this is episode three, only our third episode of MMA Fight Club. So this is exciting. We're, we're trying to build some momentum here, and we appreciate everyone stopping by. If you're on YouTube and uh, you like the show, you, you want to get notifications and, and stay tuned, then just go ahead and click the subscribe button. You know, Give us a thumbs up if you like this episode. And feel free to please comment uh, below. If you're hearing this in the podcast, um, don't do any of those things. Um, just go ahead and subscribe to our podcast uh, so you can keep hearing uh, the latest episodes that we have coming out. Right now, we're just doing two episodes a week. Um, that is a fight prediction episode for the fights coming up that weekend, like you just heard here today. And then the second episode is a is a late night, like Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, we release a recap of uh, the UFC event. So sometime at 2 or 3 o'clock-ish in the morning, 
uh, we will release the, the next episode, which will be a recap of the fights this weekend. Um, uh, before I forget, uh, you know, I was sad to read today on ESPN uh, that uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza uh, was released by the UFC. And if you guys recall this past weekend, Souza uh, was the gentleman who had his arm broken in that in that fight. Um, I was that was crazy against Munez. You know, we did a review of that fight the week before, and, and we were on Munez, and it was more so because of the the concerns we had with Souza. And my gosh, you know, nobody could have imagined uh, that would happen, right? That was pretty scary. But I just want to give a shout out to Souza, his family, his recovery process. Um, a lot of things come to mind when this happens. You know, don't kick a man when he's down. You know, adding insult to injury. You know, it's tough. I mean, the UFC is a business. Um, I, I suspected that if he had lost his fight either way, however he lost the fight, that his contract was not going to be renewed, right? He was on that slide. He was on that Ferguson slide. The three of them, Ferguson, Cerrone, and him, like, like three kids in a playground sitting on a slide just going down, right? So I, I wish Sosa speedy recovery. Um, if anyone hears this podcast or hears this episode who knows him, coached him, trained with him, loves him, cares about him, related to him, or even if Sosa himself hears it, wishing you uh, a speedy recovery, my man, and uh, and on to some, hopefully, some greener pastures. Um, one more thing before we finish today's episode, I'm really excited to announce uh, our first sponsor. You know, so let me dive in here. Today's episode of MMA Fight Club was brought to you by Eagles Tree Service. Eagles Tree Service is located in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So if you're looking for tree removal, uh, stump grinding, uh, general cleanup, give them a call. Uh, give my buddy Mike a call at Eagles Tree Service. You can reach Mike at 215-394-5076. Again, give my buddy Mike at Eagles Tree Service a call. He's going to help you out. He'll come out. He'll give you a free estimate. Again, they do trump, they do tree stump removal, they do big trees, small trees, bushes, cleanup jobs, um, basic landscaping, you name it, they can do it. And uh, they did some work for me and my wife recently, and we were very happy with their work. Really happy to have them on as a sponsor. Um, so they're going to be sponsoring the next few episodes here of MMA Fight Club. So we're going to put a link there in the description as well to Eagles Tree Service, um, to their Facebook page. So if you happen to hail in the eastern part of Pennsylvania, Bucks County in particular, or even, I guess, western New Jersey. We're not far from the Jersey border. Give my buddy Mike a call. I mean, he'll come on out there and help you out. So, All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this episode here, episode three of MA Fight Club. Uh, I want to thank everyone who watched the episodes one and two last week. Um, I want to thank those who subscribed as well. Uh, special shout-out to my man, James Lynch. Um, trying to be like you, bro, trying to be like you, man. So, uh, appreciate your support, appreciate your guidance, your mentorship, even through from a distance, uh, it means a lot to me, buddy. So anyway, guys, I hope this helps you with your tickets this weekend. I hope this helps you, you know, if anything, what I do, what I did in the past, especially just listening to handicappers and other people, it just kind of helped me shape my, you know, my picks, right? We have our picks here. We have our sort of our position on every fight. 
always we're always standing to be corrected and we can always be wrong but hopefully the review and hopefully our standpoint can give you some kind of a, a different standpoint or a different point of view that might help you make that final decision on whatever fight or fighters you're you're still questioning you're on the fence about so anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you again so much for joining us i will talk to you guys soon and peace